Hey dear ones, it's Dr. Shelley. So I mentioned a while back that I started a new online school. Basically my travel schedule, as you know, uh, kind of got canceled this year. And so I converted a lot of my classes to the online format. And I have to tell you, this has been a complete joy and a complete blast. You can come on over and check the school out at healingarts.thinkific.com. And there you will find certification programs in Egyptian energy healing, my new Pythagorean healing series, and so much more with new courses being added all the time. And when you take one of my energy healing certification courses, you are invited to come on over to Zoom and join me personally for ongoing Zoom calls. And we have been having a complete blast. We've sent healing light out to people, out to animals, situations, the world, and everything in between. It's a great community, and I want you to join us. So check it out at healingarts.thinkific.com, and I'll look forward to welcoming you to a class very soon. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Welcome, my dear. How are you doing? I hope you had an amazing week. So this is my special Halloween episode. I'm so excited. I asked a bunch of people to try to record messages for me on Anchor, which would have been totally cool. And I had a couple of people reach out to me because it only lets you leave a 20-second message. And so it's kind of hard to... um you know, tell a really cool ghost story in only 20 seconds. But I did manage to collect some. So we're going to go through those today. And we're going to have some fun because it's Halloween and we need to celebrate. Yay! Thank you so much to everybody who came out to our past life costume party this afternoon. That was very interesting. I will put some pictures of myself anyway up on my Instagram page, which is at Shelly Care. Something really cool happened. Um, We were actually Zoom bombed. Can you believe that? (laughs) I was telling my students, you know, I don't even think I'm that popular that anyone would want to Zoom bomb me, but we actually had it happen twice. Amazing. First up, I want to make sure that I get to a wonderful story from my dear friend, Maria. Maria is an amazing healer 
who is in my class on the weekend. And she tried to send us this story um, to my messages, but she sent me an email and I think you're going to love it. Okay, so this is in Maria's words. This is the letter she sent me. Okay, so here we go. So we lived in Colorado Springs back in 2008 for a year. We rented a house on Lear Street. And after a couple of months, my daughter Kirsten, who was three at the time, started to talk to what we thought was an imaginary friend. This imaginary friend was described to me by my daughter as what I think was a Native American little girl who was about her age or at least the same height as her. They played and they seemed to get along most of the time for about two months. One day, I had Kirsten in in the bathtub and the little girl joined her. Kirsten told me that the little girl and her father were in a bad mood. I asked her why and she said, They're looking for her mom and they can't find her. They haven't seen her since some white men chased them with big guns. I felt so sad for the little girl and her father, so I asked Kirsten to ask them if we could help. The little Native American girl was very upset at Kirsten for some reason. Kirsten said, Mom, she's being mean to me. She said we should leave and she's making mean faces at me. I asked Kirsten if they could hear me. I don't know, she answered. I could see in Kirsten's face she was beginning to get scared. So I just started to talk to them and explain that they had been shot and killed and that the woman they were looking for was in heaven waiting for them. Kirsten said that before I finished, they got up and left. But before leaving, the little girl told her that her dad said we should leave. The next day or so, I asked Kirsten if the little girl and her dad were still there. She said they come and go, but they don't talk to her anymore. It was then that she explained to me that the dad and the little girl were bleeding from the back. We lived in that house for a couple of more months. Every night, I'd hear toys turn on, turn on in the middle of the night and I heard footsteps of people going up and down the stairs. I even saw shadows in the night next to my bed. They never talked to me, but I did have some very unusual and vivid dreams. Colorado Springs has some very sad history. It's no wonder that a lot of people have similar experiences there. I still think of the father and child looking for the mother. I pray they found their way to her. So, yeah, Maria's story is really interesting to me because um, she had told me this during one of our healing classes. I don't even know how we got started talking about this, but I lived in Colorado Springs also when I was a kid, when I was in junior high. Um, For those who are familiar with Colorado Springs, I lived in the Rock Rimmon area, which is south of the Air Force Academy. And my brother, who was about 10 years younger than me, he was like, you know, he's always been like a little baby to me. Um, When he was a tiny little kid, he said that this Indian chief was running after him and chasing him. And, you know, we all thought this was kind of crazy because um, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so, you know, we've got a lot of Native American friends and we always have and we have a lot of really amazing art. And so we had this carving of this 
gorgeous Native American male in a big headdress. And so my brother, when he was a little kid, just became like obsessed with it. And he goes, this is what the man looked like. He's been chasing me through the house at night. And he said that he comes up to him at night and he was coming to him in his dreams. And we were all like, okay, thank you. You know, wonderful. We just thought it was kind of silliness, you know, that he was making up. But one of my, I was still kind of a kid myself at that time. So if my parents went out of town or they went out to dinner or something, we had to have a babysitter. So this girl who lived up the street, who was our babysitter, she actually, um, her family lived in a split level house where you could kind of look down into the living room from up in the kitchen with a little short flight of stairs. And she said one night her parents were out and she was up in the kitchen getting herself something to drink. And she looked down in the living room. It was dark there. And she saw a Native American walking through her living room. And then this other lady who had these two little boys who were maybe five or six years younger than me, quite a bit younger than me, but they also had seen these kinds of figures walking through their house. And then, of course, come to find out, we found out that this um, subdivision where we lived had been built on, as you can well guess, an Indian burial ground. And so, you know, it's so disrespectful that we just build things on top of sacred spaces. But when we do it on some level, I guess we're asking for trouble. But this is an area that I know so many people have had paranormal experiences. So maybe you know what I'm talking about. Interesting things to consider. Coming up next, we're going to have another spooky story from another amazing healer, my friend Damaris. She sent in a really spooky one. So get ready because I'm going to put some scary music behind this story. So settle in and let's check it out. Okay, so here's Damaris's spooky story. She's saying back in the late 80s, early 90s, a dear friend and my former husband and I were helping friends tow their van from Central Texas back to Central Oklahoma. And in order to do this, we needed to borrow a trailer first, then find them at their campsite, load everyone up, and start the long trek to Oklahoma. Riding in my blazer with my ex and I were our friend Michelle and two of her children while her husband Michael was in the truck with the van ahead of us. About 2.30 in the morning, we were on a two-lane stretch of desolate highway in the middle of nowhere. And suddenly, I see a man walking on the other side of the road toward us. He had a tattered suit on, and I immediately put the brakes on enough to where my companions looked at me as I looked in the rearview mirror at the same time. Of course, I couldn't see anything because it was pitch black. I asked them if they saw what I saw, and they both acknowledged that they had. A few years later, I was watching Unsolved Mysteries, and there was a story about a couple in Oklahoma that was either coming or going to prom and they got stranded on that side of the highway 
the guy left to go get help and he was run over by a car. And so to this day, there are many sightings of him and his restless soul on the highway. All right, so thanks to Damaris and Maria for sending in their stories. Those were super creepy, and I hope you enjoyed them. And coming up next, we're going to shift gears as we talk about some of the most haunted places around the world. So stay tuned as we explore more on Healing Arts. We'll be right back. Hey, my friend, have you known your pet in a past life? Well, believe it or not, a lot of people have. You can check out case histories and find out more about your connections to your little fuzzballs in my book, Past Lives with Pets. Check it out and find out today. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. You can visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. In this segment, I want to talk about some of the different haunted places around the world. I happened to get on my email today because I subscribed to TripAdvisor and they were sending an email out about some of the spookiest places on earth. And I was kind of excited. I've been to a couple of those. Very weird. Um, One that I had actually forgotten about until I read about it is called the Capuchin Catacombs, which is in Palermo, Sicily. And I've never even talked about this before, but that was a creepy little place. I was on a cruise back in 2017. And we one of the places we stopped was in Sicily. And this just sounded cool. When I hear about mummies, I mean, you know, they had me at hello, let's just say. But the story behind this, it is really creepy. Um, This catacomb was actually built in the mid-1500s, and it was supposed to be for friars of the religious order. But what happened was um, they had some people, they were actually like um, aristocrats from the 17th century when they went back to... um, take a look at their bodies, they realized that they had been naturally mummified, which is nuts. And so the people thought, wow, this is a miracle from God. And so they took their mummified remains out. And these people are still dressed in their finery with these little bow ties and these elaborate suits and dresses. I mean, really, really super creepy. And they hung them up on the wall and laid them out so that everybody can see them. And so you can go inside this catacomb and see these skeletons that are all dressed in their finery. And God, I wish I had some pictures to show you. Um, 
but sometimes I am, a, I try to follow rules. Sometimes I do break rules, but they really didn't want us taking photographs of these guys because um, they're very, very delicate. And so I followed the rules and I did not get any pictures of them, but some people did break the rules. So um, I'll leave this in the show notes. And if you Google this up, you'll see their little skeleton heads or, I'll, or maybe I'll try to find a link where you can go look at this. It's, it's, it's super creepy. I thought it was neat though. I, I don't know why, but I love mummies. They're so awesome. So I didn't really think that place was scary. I guess, I guess some people did though. Some people on the tour thought it was super creepy, but if you ever do get to Sicily, I mean, this isn't obviously, you know, the top of the list of destinations you want to see in Sicily. Um, we also went to a restaurant where they filmed part of The Godfather. Of course, that was awesome too. But the Capuchin Catacomb is a creepy, creepy place. If you like skeletons and if you love mummies like I do, it's awesome. One of the other places that was on this list of spookiest places in the world um, that I just read was the Tower of London. I'm sure many of you have been there. If you haven't, um, I highly recommend it. It's definitely creepy. There's been so many executions, imprisonments, hangings, beheadings, you name it, that have happened at the Tower of London over the years. Of course, that's where Anne Boleyn uh, met her fate. And uh, it's a creepy little place. I was there, I don't know, many, many years. I think it was back in 2006, I think. I remember I left the tower. I didn't have as many creepy feelings right inside the tower, but they do say that there's a ghost um, who's a nephew of James I who does haunt the place, amongst others. Um, but if you leave the tower, you can kind of walk. I don't know what direction it is, but it's it's kind of on the perimeter of that. There's this huge grassy field, and you can see some other buildings off in the distance. And when I walked out into that grassy field, I just had this kind of a spontaneous past life memory of my little head rolling down that hill in the past. I don't know. I just I've had chronic neck problems my whole life that have started to get really well resolved because of meditating and because of past life regression, because I've had a lot of um, thought forms, you know, of this pain on my neck where my neck has been kind of, I hate to say lopped off. <laughs> so I had the creepier feeling, like I said, in the field near the tower than rather in the tower. And I had kind of a vision of how they would gather, you know, thousands of people would gather for these events to watch these creepy executions. And there was so much of that, that it is definitely a place that has a very creepy energy. I absolutely adore London and I, I love going there. I like the idea of being there, but whenever I'm actually there, I feel like I'm on a foot race. I want to get around and see everything as fast as I can. And then I just want to get the heck out of there. Because I, I don't know, to myself and or just all the vibrations of all the death that's occurred there over the centuries, to me, it's just a really, really tough energy, even though on the other side of the coin, I also consider it one of my favorite, favorite cities in the whole wide world. 
So if you haven't been there, I definitely recommend it. There's some creepy stuff and you may actually have um, a spontaneous past life memory there yourself because I believe a lot of people have lived in those areas through the centuries. One of the other places that was listed in the scariest places on earth was in Edinburgh, Scotland. I went through there several years ago on a train, but I didn't get to stop and I really didn't get to see the castles, but there's a lot of history there. And so this next story actually happened to my parents probably back in the 80s or so. They decided that they would go on a tour of England and Scotland. And so they went up and they were going to spend the night in the castle in Scotland. They stopped at Stirling Castle eating lunch and they kind of went off by themselves away from the group and they went out into this area where there were all these skulls that were carved into stones. And so they were just standing there kind of talking to themselves and my mom said, well, this is really interesting. I wonder what that means. And all of a sudden a man dressed in a very elaborate attire steps out from behind a tree and he said, well, those symbolize people who died of the plague. And she said, oh, wow, that's so interesting. Thank you. And then she turned back and her and my dad are talking. And then my dad turns to try to ask the guy some questions. He's disappeared. And I guess it was all misty and foggy out there. And, you know, the man was dressed um, in ancient styled clothing. So they just assumed he was probably, you know, one of these period reenactors that had been hired by the castle to entertain people. But once they looked around for him, they realized, I mean, there was no one in sight. So the dead are listening indeed. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Welcome back. So in this segment, I'm actually going to share um, a few of the weird paranormal ghost stories from a couple of my books. And I don't care how long I live on this planet, there's still never been a weirder story than the one that I tell in my book, Lifestream, Journeys into Past and Future Lives, because that's really how I got into this business. So I'm going to share it here. Um, Many of you already know it, (laughs) but it is a ghost story. So I had a really good friend uh, back in the early 90s who had moved out of town and invited me to go on a hiking trip. And for whatever reason, I said, no, I can't go. And so it took about a week after his death, I saw his obituary in the newspaper in Dallas and discovered that during that hiking trip, he had actually fallen off a cliff and had been killed. 
And it, I was very young at the time. I didn't have any other friends who had ever died. I've never been to a funeral. Um, even to this day, I've not been to a lot of funerals, which is really weird for somebody my age. But at this time, um, when you're in your 20s, you really don't have as much life experience. And so it was very, very traumatic. And the grief recovery journey that I went on is really one of the things that's really driven a lot of my private practice over the years, because I have worked with a lot of people who have been struggling with deep grief and different things that have happened to them. But anyway, back to the ghost story. Okay, so what happened uh, about, let's see, it's so it's been a long time, but I discovered that even though this person didn't live in town anymore, he was going to be buried in Dallas. So I went to the funeral home on the day of the funeral and I went in there. I had never seen a dead body before. And so most of you, I'm sure, have seen a dead body. So you know how shocking that is when you approach somebody and you go, OMG, you know, there really is a soul, you know, we have a divine essence. And when we leave to go on to our next adventure in eternity, you know, we really do leave the physical shell behind. So when I walked into the room, I mean, I'll just never forget. I mean, it's just almost like it was yesterday. I just saw him popping up out of that coffin. And so I went in there and I started talking to him and I just said, wow, you know, I'm so sorry I couldn't make the trip. Um, I wish I could see you again, you know, things like that, that you're really thinking, okay, well, I'm just saying things. It's going to be fine. I left. And then about two months after his death, I used to be a traveling salesperson. This was back when I had a real job and a normal life. Um, so I would go out on the week and I would come home on the weekend. So I came back to my house, parked the car, got my stuff out of the trunk, and I was walking up to the house and there was a window. And as I approached the house, I, I just happened to gaze up into the window. And it was about five o'clock, like the evening sun was starting to shine down onto the window. And I saw him in the window, fully formed in life size, looking at me and he was going, whoa, he was kind of squinting and like looking, trying to get my attention. And I went, holy guacamole. I mean, it was him. But what was so weird was that he was wearing a white tank top and jeans. And so this sounds weird, but I got scared. You know that old saying, like, it looks like you've seen a ghost. I ran back. I went and got my mail or something. I was like, I must be, I must be losing it. This did not really happen. I walked back up. I looked in the window again. And of course, he was gone. So, of course, I told some family members. They all said, okay, very cute. That's wonderful. They thought I was nuts. And so... Then that story is in my book, Livestream. There's another part of the story that I included in my book, Beyond Reality, Evidence of Parallel Universes, which has a ton of creepy stories in it. Um, but in regards to this, what happened was many years later, after I became a regressionist, I was traveling around doing gigs, and I used to teach a class called Journey into Past and Future Lives that was based on my book, Livestream. So how the class would go, um, back in those days, it was always about two hours. One hour, we'd be talking, answering questions, talking about reincarnation. And in the second half of the class, we'd get up and take a break, get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, come back, and then we're going to go on a past life regression journey that I'm going to take everybody on. So what happened was, um, 
I was getting the vibes that I needed to go do a program at this one little unity church in New Mexico. And this hiking accident happened in New Mexico. Now I was, I'm from Albuquerque originally. There's a huge unity church in Santa Fe. My guides, let's just say, just said, no, not that one. Go to this smaller church. It's more obscure one. So I went over there. We took our break. The pastor was sitting in the front row and he started getting this really agitated look on his face. And he's kind of going, and I'm noticing him while I'm still talking. And I go, okay, great. Thanks, everybody. Great. We're going to take a break and I'll be right back. So at the break, he actually walks up to me and he said, Shelly, I have something I need to tell you, but I'm not really sure that this would be the right time to do it. And I said, well, now you've got me scared, worried, concerned, I don't know, curious at best. So go ahead and tell me, you know, I'm ready. I can handle anything. And he said, well, um, I don't even know how to begin saying this. He said, but 10 years ago, a friend and I were hiking and camping in this national park when some rangers came up to us on horseback and said, hey, we've got a hiker down. Could you come help us? And he, believe it or not, I know this sounds shocking. This pastor held my friend as he took his dying breath on the mountain that day. Yes, it happened. And he told me that he knew it was the same person because he said it was so weird. It was February. And this guy was wearing a white tank top and jeans. So yeah, pretty creepy, right? That's pretty creepy. That's probably, I don't know, the creepiest thing I can tell you. I mean that in a good way. I mean, I honestly believe that all of us have spirit guides, helpers, angels, and divine guidance that's at our fingertips and loving beings who are looking out for us at every moment of our lives. I really do believe that. And so I came back from the break and I was just still kind of in shock, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to tell everybody, hey, hey, everybody, guess what? Okay. I told you a story that I saw a ghost. And yeah, that was about 10 years ago. And I just need to tell you that your pastor here has just informed me of the fact that he was there. And that this, the thing I told you about the jeans and the tank top, that's real. That really happened. And I mean, I'm telling you what, I haven't seen people just go dong. I mean, their jaws were dropping open. They were, they were in shock. You know, and so I just, I love that story kind of for one other reason is because I talk about a lot of crazy stuff. Everybody knows it. The longer you know me, you know, I always have weird stuff happening to me, no doubt. And I know you have weird stuff happening to you too, because I know that this stuff happens to everybody. If we just pay attention to it, then these miraculous things happen more and more and more. But the thing is, is that even though I'm telling you things that sometimes may sound crazy, what you can definitely be assured of is that even if it sounds crazy, to the best of my ability, I'm always telling you the truth and I'm always telling you what actually happened, even though it seems like it must be nuts. 
It's the truth. And sometimes I'm fortunate enough that I have somebody who witnesses something who can give a testimony to the fact that the things I'm telling you are real. Okay. They're paranormal, but they're real. Finally, one more short story I I did want to bring up. Um, You know, I wrote a book called Damned, The True Tales of the Cursed, Hexed, and Bewitched. And I have a real love-hate with that book because I'm a really huge optimist and I believe that we're all blessed and that blessings are everywhere. And so I ended up writing this really spooky book because several years ago I was kind of cracking a joke like I always do. I sent out an email to some people saying, hey, are you blessed, cursed, or are you just lucky like me? And I figured, you know, everybody's blessed, right? Or lucky or whatever. And I was shocked because so many people wrote me and told me they were cursed. And so, um, you know, I love George Norrie and Coast to Coast. And because of my relationship with them, they were just fascinated by this. And I was very greatly encouraged to go ahead and write a book about it and compile these things. And so the gist of the book really for me is that, you know, some of this was ancestral lineage stories and other things that happen to people, but really a lot of um, the way to get out of a curse, in my opinion, is to whatever the unwanted influences are, we just cut the cords with them, we send blessings to them, and we try to change the interior focus of our mind. But um, right now I'm in the middle of producing a lot of my earlier works into Audible, And so believe it or not, yes, just today I had to do a sound check on my book, Damned, (laughs) which I thought, oh boy, here we go. I guess it is really the most Halloween-ish book that I've ever written. There's no doubt. But while I was listening to that, um, I was listening to one of the spookiest stories really that ever happened in my whole career. Um, Back in the early days, I was called to Louisiana to help a family do some grief counseling work because two of their kids, they had four kids and two of them had committed suicide. And so I won't get into the long gory details um, that I talk about in the book, but it was really traumatic. Um, I mean, what am, what do I know? What am I going to say to somebody who's had something that horrible happen? So a lot of it was just counseling, listening to them and, over the course of, you know, hours and hours and hours of this meeting with each one of them individually, I started to feel like, you know, I'm missing something. There's something that they're not telling me that is preventing them from letting go of this grief. Not that you're you're not ever going to get over something like that. I don't mean it like that, but, but there was still just like, I felt like I wasn't getting to the real source event of what the problem was. So finally, one of the, um, the sister said that the parents had angered a housekeeper and she left what they thought was a voodoo curse under the pillow in their bed. And so she said that her brother and sister both killed themselves very shortly after this happened and that she absolutely believed with every fiber of her being that the housekeeper cursed them and that is why this happened. So then I started going back over all the family members, the brother and the parents, and sure enough, that's what everybody believed. So I did my best, you know, to help them try to eliminate that belief system. Um, And again, I just pray that they found peace or at least a little bit of peace. I think that was very difficult. 
Um, I won't really get into all those details, but suffice to say, it was a creepy story. And it's one that I will absolutely never forget. So there's some other stories in that book as well about haunted houses and things like that. I don't consciously remember those yet because I haven't had to audio check them. But if you do like stuff like that, that is interesting to check out. And also, I am a huge fan of Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein. That's kind of a personal thing of mine. And so I wrote a little book last year about the idea that is Mary Shelley cursed? Because when she was born, her, um, you know, her mother died several days after her birth from complications in childbirth. And before her birth, her mother was a famous writer, Mary Wollstonecraft, and she used to write about this unborn child and called her a monster. And then she had an evil stepmother and things like that and a really, really harsh childhood. And so in the book, I just talk about the fact that I believe that the Frankenstein literature and the monster in Frankenstein is actually her self-reflections about her journey. And of course, she married per Percy Shelley. And that is an interesting story in and of itself as well. He was cray-cray. He was on laudanum and just crazy. And he was writing all this poetry. And the two of them gallivanted around Europe. And he was always talking about the fact that he was terrorized of dying uh, from drowning, which was ridiculous because he didn't know how to swim. He never went on a boat. But sure enough, toward, right at the end of his life, he and his friend bought a boat and they thought it would be this great idea to go out sailing. Well, they caught some bad weather and they ended up dying. And so they didn't find the bodies until days later and supposedly the legend has it that they put Percy Shelley on a funeral pyre and burned his ashes on the beach. I can't imagine. Um, I've read a lot of scholarly works on this because it's something I'm really into. Um, you know, there wouldn't be a lot left of you if you had been in the water that long. But let's just say there's a very famous painting of Shelley's body on the funeral pyre. And they said that once they did this cremation, that the only part of him that survived was his heart. And Mary Shelley carried that heart with her and kept it in a box throughout her lifetime. So that is creepy. And so I wrote a book called Mary Shelley's Curse. I'll put the link of that up. I don't think a lot of people have actually, a lot of my spiritual people have not really read that book, but, um, I am in the Horror Writers Association because that's kind of one of my hobbies. And uh, that one was on the literature bestsellers list last year. So when it came out, it's a short book. It's kind of interesting. It's very literary, though. So if you're not interested in, in literature, maybe you're not, you're not interested in it. I don't know. I'm an English major back in the day. So um, I love Halloween. I love the old Gothic literature. I think it's super creepy and incredibly interesting. And some of these stories, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just the kind of stuff that you want to read when you're curled up by the fire, if you know what I mean. I would like to thank you so much for listening to season one and season two of Healing Arts. So if you can believe this or not, my dear, we are at the end of season two incredible. So we are going to be shifting gears for the upcoming season three. I think I'm going to start recording this as video on YouTube with a side 
audio and just doing things a little bit differently so that more of the show can be seen by my YouTube audience. And I want to thank you also for subscribing to my YouTube channel because I promise you I will be putting more things on there very, very soon. So anyway, um, happy Halloween. I'm sending you lots of blessings. And just a closing thought, you know, I've often thought about why do we love Halloween so much? I think it's because to me, spooky stuff is like metaphysical things gone wrong. You know what I mean? Like what happens when it doesn't go the way we had planned? And it's just so much fun. I don't know. I, I like dressing up and just, you know, trying to have a good time. So I hope you're having a good time this Halloween. And again, I just thank you so much for listening to the show. I have an amazing bonus episode for season two coming up. And then we will go into season three. And I will look forward to continuing our journey together on the next episode of Healing Arts. Hey friends, I want you to check out my Past Life Lady YouTube channel that has tons of free videos that teach you how to do all kinds of things from energy healing, gem and mineral healing. I've got guided imagery up there for you. So check it out. Just go over to YouTube and type the words Past Life Lady in the search bar and hit subscribe. And I'll look forward to welcoming you over to my channel today. Thank you.